Hello and welcome back to the three in the key podcast. The NBL season is over, but that doesn't mean we're going to stop. I would usually introduce my co-hosts, Jake and JJ, but they are irrelevant today. We are joined by the Illawarra Hawks' own Harry Froling. Harry, how are you doing, mate? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm good. Just down in uh, beautiful Hobart right now. It's sunny out for once, so um, that's good and uh, enjoying life. So life's good. It's good to hear. Now, now I'll bring my co-host in, JJ, Jake. Uh, how you going? And shout out to JJ for organising this podcast for us. Uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm excited to get into this, having Harry on. Probably the first time I've probably spoken to an NBL player. So, Harry, if I seem a bit nervous, that you know, it's, it's probably a bit in, but I'm excited to chat because, uh, you know, I just like watch, watching you play. Appreciate yeah, it. Oh, sorry. Sorry, mate. I already cut you off. Good start. Good start. Nah, very much the same. I ride the coattails of JJ. Now, very excited to have him on, and uh, hope we uh, hope we can ask some decent questions. Yeah, let's get straight into it then. So, Harry, uh, coming off the season, obviously you got knocked out by the Kings. But how are you feeling post season, and uh, what's the plan going forward for the next couple of months until the season kicks back off in October? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously it's a bit disappointing the way we we finished, but um, I think uh, obviously the way the chips fell. Uh, Sydney were the best team when you look at it, the, the way they finished the season, the way they played. Um, they were the best team and they did deserve it. It would have been nice if they had to finish first and um, we could have met them in the grand final possibly. But the way the chips fell, you know, we played them in the semi and um, obviously didn't go our way. But uh, it was a good year for us. We were, we were top four two years in a row. Obviously, it's my first time playing in the finals and uh, that was a big thing for me this year, just going to a team, trying to be a good teammate and contribute to a winning team and showing that I can. So um, that's what I obviously aim for this year. And my role was a bit different. Like start of the year, I was probably playing a bit more and um, they tightened the rotation a little more at the end of the year and I probably didn't play as much, but I still tried to contribute in ways that, whereas in the past I'd probably checked out on other teams I've been on or bit, hadn't been a great teammate when that, when that role had sort of happened to me so I think just growing up a little bit and um, doing that and obviously they were happy with me and uh, my contributions throughout the year so um, although it was disappointing it was, it was good for me to build on and these next few months are just down at Hobart sort of playing getting back to the way I play and you know playing 30 40 minutes a game and and really developing and and work, working on things I need to work on to build on last year and and get better for next season. Yeah, but blown us away with that answer there for sure. You just, uh, I feel like it would have been a real up and down season for you. But JJ, I cut you off. Please go ahead. I was like, I was just ask Harry, you know, you've had time, you know, with Adelaide and Brisbane, and then you obviously went to, to Illawarra and you, you said your role changed. And I, even though, you know, you're looking at the numbers, I know you're not a big numbers man, but you know what I mean? I felt, you know, as you said, you had a bigger impact with Illawarra. It was, you know, Besides being, uh, you know, you said you, you wanted to be a good team. Was there anything that you did, like, in the off-season, you know, before, you know, you went to Laura that, you know, like, you, like stat, you know, shooting-wise or anything that you improved on other than being a good teammate? Because, you know, I thought your season was, like, you know, really, really impactful, even though the numbers don't really show that. Yeah, I uh, appreciate that. I mean, um, I think this off-season, like, being with Alex Moore and obviously being in, I got in a lot better shape than I have been in the past and, um, I dropped like 10, 12 kilos. So this off season, I'm looking to build on that and drop another, you know, five or six on top of that, hopefully, and um, come into next season in even better shape. And hopefully that can help my role incre increase even more. But I think that was the biggest thing, like sort of it tapered off the, my last couple of years, like in Adelaide, um, when I stopped playing, you know, I, I let it go and um, I didn't really do the work, you know. So um, when I when I stopped playing, I, I, I got into worse shape and, 
um, all that sort of stuff. So in Brisbane, when I stopped playing and they weren't playing me as much, you know, I let myself go a bit and I wasn't very professional. Whereas this year I was came into it. Um, I was around the Wade's coach, around my brother, around these boys that um, just the culture in Illawarra is just so different, you know. Like we'd have an option, like in the preseason, we'd have an optional shooting like in the afternoons after a practice or after weights at 3 p.m. And it's optional, but everyone was there, you know, like it wasn't even a, it wasn't even a question. Like, it's like, if you didn't go, it was, it was like a, you were frowned upon sort of thing, you know, like that was, and that was within the playing group. That wasn't from the coaches. It's completely optional. Whereas on the other teams I've been on, if you have something that's optional, you maybe get one or two guys showing up, you know what I mean? So um, that was just a big difference for me seeing that and seeing the difference and, and obviously it shows the proof in the pudding with um, how those guys finish compared to some of the other teams. So um, it, was, it was a cool year for me and I'm excited to keep building on it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, for sure. No, definitely. Sorry, JJ. Yeah. You, you, you touched on uh, playing with your brother there. What, what, what was it like playing with your brother um, this season and sort of did you use each other as a bit of motivation to sort of get, get through the season and, and help each other out? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, obviously grew up together and we um, have a lot of the similar interests and all that sort of stuff. So um, it was really fun playing with him and, and playing with him was just it was just special. Like I think that game when I had – or the game where I played well, I think I had 27 and he had 19. It was trying to get him to get 20, but it would have been cool to both have 20 in a game. I don't know how many brothers would have done that. Probably the Webster brothers and I don't know, a few others. But um, it was pretty special and just being around him, like, Obviously, he wants to take it to the next level and trying to help him with that and help him develop his game along with um, like him helping me, um, just seeing how he works and, and helping me fine-tune my stuff. So um, leading by example, you know, being an older brother, not that not that he needs it, but being, leading by example and, um, you know, having a bit of fun with him. And um, he definitely helped me lock in and, and pull my head in a little bit because obviously you got to, you don't want to be a dickhead around your family and all that sort of stuff. I'm not allowed to swear, but um, just, yeah, pull my head in, and um, he definitely helped me with that, along with Gorge and um, the Jacob Chacomas and Sean Roger. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, go for gold if you want to swear, go for anything. This is this is your platform. Go for it. Um, you spoke a little bit about uh, before about the culture, and obviously, like a big part of that culture was Gorge, and obviously with Gorge uh, not at the helm next year. I just want to know, like, what was the uh, kind of the behind the scenes like that? How? Did the playing uh, team find out and, you know, how, how do you go forward? Because obviously Gorge would have been massive towards building that culture and the success towards the team in the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously disappointing, but that was one of the big reasons I came to Illawarra, like just to play for Gorge and to have someone like that in your corner. Like obviously when I'd left some other teams, there'd been some uh, bad, math, bad, bad mouthing about me, you know, how free agency works and they go, other teams ask, ask people about, um, yeah, and they say some not so nice things. So um, that had been happening with my last couple of teams. And um, I obviously wanted this year was big on me building on that and showing that, you know, I can be a good good teammate and um, contribute and not be what people are saying about me and that that's not all true. So obviously now um, had a great year with Gorge and, and his family to me, you know, um, they've got good things to say about me. Hopefully I'm back in Wollongong next year. But um, that was just big playing for him and, um just it was a bit of a shock, obviously him him leaving. But you know, at the end of the day, I'm not sure. I don't I don't want to get this wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's 68, 69 years old. Like he's he's getting old now. It's it's going to come to an end at some point. And um, obviously he's he's got to do what he loves. And um, despite how much he loves it, and you see the passion in him, like there is a there is a time on it. And um, there was it wasn't he wasn't going to be here for ten years, you know. So um, I was grateful to 
play one year for him and I'm um, excited for Jacob to take over and um, he's going to be a heck of a coach down the line. So um, it'll be exciting for him. Yeah, we're seeing Gorge loves to give a good spray. We saw that on social media, like when the the, the first time out against in game two against the Kings, when Gorge just goes off off you guys, that was that was pretty good to see. Was that I'm not, obviously that wasn't of the first, but was there any any memories or you know that you know, of a spray that Gorge, but that got yeah got you good? Uh, not really. Uh, not really. I mean, Gorge is like he's just one of those coaches that he just he could tell you like something that's completely wrong that makes no sense. Like he could tell you go try to run up a tree and like do a backflip off it, which you're completely not capable of. But the way he'll say it to you is it'll motivate you to do it or at least try it. Like the way he says and gets you to do things, it's just like, it's unbelievable. Like he's a great motivator and um, you never take it personally with him. You know, it's never a, it's never a jab. It's never a, uh, your character or your, or your morals, you know, it's always to try and lift you up and to get the best out of you. So um yeah, I mean, the fun, the one, I think the one where he's screaming more, and I think it was against Sydney, we weren't, we weren't playing great. He's like, oh, we were, I think we were winning. And he's like, we need more. And he got in everyone's face. He's like, more, more, more. That was a, that was a pretty funny one to me because we were all just sitting there and he just kept screaming more at us. So um, I think we we're up by 10 or 15. Too. No, definitely. It is certainly a character and been a great character in the NBL for, for such a long time. And we all obviously wish all the best um, to Gorge. Uh, you mentioned uh, your brother having sort of um, aspirations to, to, to go further. What does him having the aspirations sort of dra- drag you, drag you wanting to, to sort of have those future aspirations as well? Or do you sort of see yourself uh, where you are now as, as, as a good spot? Or is there always that drive to try and get even further? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, I want to play at the highest level, and I want to be a. a I've played for the Boomers before, but I want to play for the Boomers at um, the Olympics and all that sort of stuff. So that's still a main goal. Um, obviously, I'd love playing the NBA, and um, I was after my rookie year. You know, I had some interest, and um, people wouldn't know, but I was actually pretty close to going in the second round. I had some teams say they'd take me, but um, that fell through, and um, I was pretty close. But um, it's. For me now, it's sort of like a, it's not that I don't want to play in the NBA. It's not my dream, but I'm focused on the NBA right now, um, developing and becoming the best player I can be here. And obviously, you see the Mitch Creeks and um, the Jay Sean Tates and all that. Like, if you can be one of those top guys in the NBA, one, you're going to make good money and a good living. You're living in Australia, which is where I want to be. Um, and then two, the NBA is going to be looking at you. You know, with the way the league is now. If you can become one of those top guys, Xavier Cooks, um, contribute on winning teams, good teams that have high talent imports, high talent players, um, you're going to get looks overseas, whether that's um, you'll see guys going to summer league this year, I'm assuming, and all that sort of stuff. So my thing's just focused on the now, trying to develop that. And then um, when the NBA stuff comes up and if I get a chance to go back over there, I will. Um, but right now, I just want to be the best player I can in the NBL and, um, obviously, Sam's. I think Sam's going to go over and do a couple of workouts for some teams this off season. But um, he missed out on when he when he when his draft was. He missed out on those pre workouts that I did. So he's um, going over now to work out for a couple of teams and just get in front of them and get some feedback. So um, it's definitely still a dream. But um, you know, the NBL is special, man. Like playing in this league, it's it's. You talk to guys that I play with in the NBL one, and you see some of the guys like it's not it's not easy to make the NBL like. Nowadays, like you look at the rosters and you look at the people in the thing, like it is tough to make the NBL and stick in the NBL. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely a, a heck of a league, and um, I'm excited to just keep playing and developing it.
Yeah, I mean, the NBL is an elite league and it's it's grown so much in recent years, but that's where I, I kind of want to talk about next with. There's obviously this, uh, you know, there's a recent trend of all these NBL next stars, you know, skipping college or, you know, uh, rejecting offers from the G League. So I want to talk a little bit about like your journey to America. So you played uh, in college, played for SMU and Marquette. So I want to ask first, like, how was it adjusting as an Aussie living in America? Obviously, you're still a kid here. You're there in a completely new surroundings. So like, you know, how did it did it take you long to adjust and were you ever really like settled in America? Yeah, oh, not really, you know. So when I went to Dallas, I was sort of like I was young. I was young and naive. I was 16, 17. I was I mean, I've I was getting recruited by every school, you know, I had the North Carolinas, I had the Kansases, I had all that. I went to SMU. Um, and I was, you know, thought I was gonna come in and play 40 and be the man, you know. So I was a bit, I was a bit delusional. Um, knowing we had, especially since we had four NBA players on our roster at SMU. Um, but, you know, I got sold the dream a little bit and went to SMU. Um, it was fresh off me playing in the Hoop Summit and getting MVP of the Basketball Without Borders camp, which had DeAndre Ayton and all those guys there, Frank Natilica and a bunch of NBA dudes. So um, I went in a bit delusional and I, I wasn't in the right headspace going into SMU and had a bit of a bad attitude. And um, obviously Larry Brown leaving promised us he'd be there at least two years. Me and uh, my best mate, Tom Wilson, promised us he'd be there for two years. And um, after after a week, he asked the school for a five-year contract extension. And I think they're like, "You're Larry, you're 86 years old. We can't give you a five-year contract extension that's guaranteed. You might, you know, you might knock off in the next year or two and we don't want to pay you out five years couple mil a year <laughs> so he said all right I'm leaving then and bounced and um I was like all right well I didn't even give it a crack I was like I was so mentally checked out I just felt betrayed and obviously being a young kid coming over and you get sold a dream and then they they leave on you you just um it, it hurts so I transferred and uh when I transferred I went to Marquette I love the recruit I love the I love the visit and all that sort of stuff and when I got there it was just like you I was a five man I was playing under the hoop um, didn't really shoot, didn't get the ball very much, didn't shoot. We had two guards, obviously, credit to them, Marcus Howard, and who's in the NBA now, and Andrew Rousey, both averaged 25 a game. And if you know anything about college, and then Sam Hauser averaged 15 a game. So there's 65 points. If you know anything about college basketball, you're not scoring much more than 65 a game. Um, so it was, it was, and then I was just, I didn't enjoy it. I was, I was so checked out. And um, obviously, the coaches messed with me a little bit. It's, it's just such a, like, it's a mind game over there. If you're not one of the main guys or you don't have the um, confidence where you, or the arrogance as the main guy, you just – they really mess with those lower dudes, you know, the guys that are at the fifth, sixth, seventh off the bench and all that sort of stuff. And as a young kid, I didn't know how to handle it and how to manage it, whereas what I probably should have done is just knuckled down and said, you know, screw it, I'm going to go get buckets. I'm just going to play and enjoy life. But um, it ended up being a, more of a mental game for me and I hated it and uh, I checked out pretty early from there. So um, – I don't really like the way I handled it all, but um, as a you know, 18, 19 year old, it's it's tough, man. Like living away from home, I was in negative 30 degrees, <laughs> like snow, ice in Milwaukee. Um, probably the best thing was being around Thon. Like he's one of my best mates, uh, Thon Maker, and he was in Milwaukee at that time, so we'd just hang out every day, and um, he'd help me through stuff. But uh, yeah, it, it was a cool experience. But um, if I could go back, I would have just come straight to the NBL. Well, you were in the NBA before you went to college. You were at Tangel, and I think that was was that the last year before it folded. I, yeah. I think. Yeah. What was what was the you know 
you know, you were only 17, you know, going into going into Townsville, you know, onto that roster. What was it like being surrounded by, you know, blokes who play, still playing there, like, you know, Clint Steindl, Nick Kay, who's over in Japan. What was that like, as you know, as a 17-year-old? Yeah, I mean, it was cool. Like, it's cool, like, having a relationship with all those guys now, like, having played with them when I was 17. And obviously being young, I actually got, I think I averaged, like, four or five minutes a game. So I actually played a little bit, which was kind of cool. And um, just knowing I could sort of hold my own and I was really like not raw but I was really underdeveloped back then like I wasn't huge I didn't I didn't have uh the size to me the strength to me like I couldn't really physically hold my own but skill wise I could see that I could and um I think that was big for me and that gave me confidence I think that also probably hurt me going over to America because in the back of my mind I'd had NBL teams talking to me and I know um, Joey tried getting me to not go college when I was uh, younger and he was based in uh, Adelaide and um sort of in the back of my mind I was like what am I doing over here like for free getting just getting like pretty much shit on every day by these college coaches that just tell you how bad you are and how much you suck and then when I could be at home making you know 80 100 grand as a rookie or whatever it would have been that I got um and that that probably didn't help me but playing with those guys and just that team like it was cool like you look at all those guys now and how much they've developed from where we were like if you, if you put that roster together right now, like we'd go pretty close to winning this thing with, with some good imports. So um, it's pretty cool and pretty special. Uh, Actually, before, sorry, Jake, before you go, would you, would you hope if that, you know, now we have, you know, the next stars, if they had the next stars program back when, you know, when you first started, do you think they would have, you know, helped you, you maybe make the choice, you know, before other than go to, would you, how, would, it, would you have gone to college or would you, you know, as you said, stay, stay here in the NBL? I don't know. I think it would have been tough for me like, because I had the option of the NBL without the next stars thing, I think I probably still would have done the same thing with college. Like knowing me, like I was, I thought I was the man. Like I was like, I'm going to be right. I'm one and done. Like I'm going to school. I'm like, I was so out of it. I was so delusional like with that. Um, but I was just like, that's what I thought. And I was like, I'll go over here free. Larry said, like even Larry Brown, like guys coaching the NBA finals and hall of fame. He's like, Harry, like you're going to be here for two years max. And then you're in the NBA. Like, and that, like you got someone like that telling you that, like I don't know whether he meant it or whether it was a sales pitch, but um, for someone like that to say, and then you're a 17, 18 year old kid, you're like your eyes light up. You're like, oh yeah, this is a place to go, you know. And then first practice I roll in, he's like, Harry, if you're gonna be in the NBA, you got to be a shot blocker and a rebound. I'm like, coach, have you watched any scout on me? I'm like, that is not something I do. I do not block shots. I, I maybe have like a 20 centimeter vertical. Like I, I'm like, you're dreaming. Like, and then I found out that all the recruiting text from Larry Brown was actually his daughter texting us because he so on his phone, like, I don't know if he told her what to say, but me and Tom Wilson found out like it wasn't even from, I don't even think it was from his phone. It was her like doing the recruiting on his text messages on his behalf. So it just shows what, what college is, but. Yeah, next stars, I'm not sure. I probably still would have gone to college. Um, but if I have my mindset now that I do now and the reality of it, I probably would definitely stay in the NBL. Yeah, as you mentioned, mindset. What, what sort of sort of a two-parter? What what sort of drew you into the game uh, as as a young player? And um, what sort of um, what sort of advice can you give those that are sort of that are making their way into these next next star academies and going into possibly a college career as well yeah I mean the biggest thing for me is just loving it like at the end of the day like I started playing basketball when I was like four or five years old dad was around the crocs dad was an assistant coach and um I started playing for basketball because I loved it like I didn't play for money I didn't play for fame I didn't play for any of that um 
play because I enjoyed it. Obviously, I got good at it and had good coaches as a junior, mainly being dad. But um, the biggest advice I have is just make sure you love it. Like, I look back on all the times when I've had my worst years or when I've been in the worst headspace or not wanting to play. It's always been like college when I didn't want to be there and I hated basketball. Um, SMU when I was mentally checked out, didn't want to be there. That second year in Adelaide when, um, like, you know, everything that went on in Adelaide went on. Um, all that sort of stuff, like, those are, the, those are the years where I've just hated basketball. And when you don't love basketball and you don't want to be there, you don't work out as much, you don't work as hard, um, you're a bad teammate, you're a bad person, you know. So that's the biggest thing for me. Like, make sure you love it and try and keep that love for it. And you got to find ways to do it, you know, whether it's a psychologist or talking to someone or finding a good mate or um, just working through the, you know, the BS and um, doing that. But that's the biggest thing. Love the game. And if you start losing the love for it, you've either got to change something yourself or change your environment. So, um, you know, you talk about love in basketball. I can tell you one night you would have been loving basketball. I think that was your career high uh, points total for this season when you were eight from 10 from three. Now, um, was there a point in the game where, you know, you get a couple shots going and then you, you look at your, your tally and you go like, I'm, I'm not missing. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to just keep shooting threes until I miss. Or is, is there something, you know, does Gorge say something to you, you know, like calm down or keep shooting. So I just want to know like what happened there between your mindset and, and the coaching staff when you were just on fire. Yeah. I mean, obviously I can shoot the ball man. I know I can shoot the ball. So um, confidence hasn't really been a big, big thing for me, a big issue, but, um yeah like when you're hot you're just hot I was uh, boys were fine to me like I know XRM was fine to me in, in open spots and uh Sam was fine to me like if I got my feet set and I'm letting it fly like obviously I think I was shooting pretty good percentage for most of the year it dropped off towards the end when I wasn't playing as much but um I like to back myself as one of the best three-point shooters in the league and um I knew it was going down so um it's just a confidence thing let it roll and let it fly and um I think I did that and um yeah like in your head you just like you don't really think about it. I was carrying on a bit, like getting, I love the Illawarra crowd and I was carrying on a bit, like getting them all razzed up. And I remember at halftime, Gorge gave us a big spray, like to the team, but it was definitely directed at me. He's like, here's the front runners. Like you run around celebrating and jumping around. Like, don't be front runners. Like gave us a big spray on that. I'm like, ah, I've got to tone back the, uh, the carry on a little bit, but um, yeah, I just, I love it. I've had a couple of games like that. I know that when we played Cairns in NBL one, I think I had nine threes in the first quarter. So I'm um, definitely capable of it, but um, it's just fun. And it's, it's cool when you have those games and, and you get hot. Yeah, I like that for that uh, photographer. Got like, a great image of you. You know, you, you know I think it's saluting to the you know, like the, you know, owning your three to the to the crowd. I love that image. Every time I see that, he was like, "Oh, Harry, oh, what a, what a celebrator!" I love him. I love him so much. But you know, as you said, you're playing with your brother Sam, and you obviously got two two sisters, Keely and Alicia. Um, out of those four, having a bit of funny, who who do you think are the best out of, out of the out of, four, out of the four of you? Oh, I'll probably say. I still think I'm the best. Like, one-on-one, no one could guard me. Yeah, my role's been different on teams. Sam will think he's the best. Um, he's probably paid the most, but um, he thinks he's the best. But I can definitely still take him one-on-one. I wrestled, actually, my last week or two in um, the gong. We, he was talking a, bit of, talking a bit of shit when we were down at the beach. And I was like, I still got you. I can still, like, he's, you know, he's a big, strong boy now. I got all the, the biceps and the, the six-pack. And he's looking, he's looking good. He's 110 kilos or whatever he is. And... Uh, down the beach in front of all the boys to Greta, Emmett. Right, we've got some witnesses. He, he wanted to wrestle me, so had to big brother him and put him in a headlock and he tapped out pretty quick. So 
Um, I definitely think I've got him covered, but yeah, Keely and Alicia, they're coming a long way. And um, obviously the way Keely's been playing lately and her role um, has been special with Sydney being one of the main players. And um, I'll tell you what, it must be nice for her getting 30 shots a game out in Sydney. I would, I would love that if they just said, Harry, go for 30 shots a game. I'd, I'd probably average 20. So um, it's been good for her having that role. And Alicia's um, changed her game completely, obviously switching from, I don't know if you've noticed, but she's switched from being a right-hand shooter to now she shoots left-handed. So uh, after a month or so, now she's hitting threes and her shot looks good because it was broken when she shot right-handed. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely rank me, probably Sam and then Keely and Alicia tied third. I think I think we know the, the recipe. I think, you know, Jacob Jacobus has to, you know, next at the start of the season, he's like, boys, give the ball to Harry. We want to give him the average at least 15 to 20 shots, and he's going to take us to the NBA championship. He's going to win us that title. Because they do obviously, it obviously wasn't used this year, so you never know. Maybe that's the change of style of the recipe, you know, that needs it, you know, that they need in Nilla right. You never know. Yeah, I think we, we probably should send this to uh, Jacob Jacobus and, and let him know next year um, if Josh? he has me. You got, you got this. Just you know, we're gonna put that out. We're gonna put yeah. this clip out. You need to know. Everyone needs to know. That's the I'll game plan. I'll, I'll send it out. We'll get it. We'll get it out to everyone at the Hawks staff. Just, so we all we need to do is be make sure. I've been working on my, to start? my point forward skills here in Hobart. So you know, I can run a bit of point guard, and, and I'll take all uh, Tyler's shots. I know. I think. <laughs> yeah. So um, there'll be 10, 15 shots ran up for me there too. Well, Tyler can Tyler can shoot. You can play off ball. You know what I mean? So you you'll be right, Harry. Exactly. Um, oh, go ahead, Jake. Sorry. Oh no, I just just sort of going on uh, just with different players and whatnot. Obviously, it's probably a difficult question. Difficult question to answer. You've played for played for a while now. Is there is there one player that you just really enjoy playing with, whether it be a, whether it be a point guard or a fellow big man, or is there just one one player that sort of sticks out in your mind that you just love playing with and would love to continue playing with or play with again? Uh. Yeah, there's a couple. I mean, uh, one of them was Jake Wiley. He was, like, pretty cool to play with. Like, that dude is just a ball of energy, man. Like, he's, like, a genuine dude. Um, over in the – obviously, when he was in Adelaide, like, dude came in, played his ass off, played so hard. He's always hyping you up, like, cheering you on. Like, he was just a great teammate, great dude. Like, I love playing with him. Um, Tom Wilson, my best mate. Obviously, he's at, he's at Collingwood now, but um, I've – Played with him since, you know, I think the very first under-14s, like, Oz camp. Like, the stories me and him have together are just unbelievable. Like, uh, we went to college together. Like, we went through that big mess, came back to the NBL together. We transferred colleges together. Like, he tells me a story, of, like, at Oz camp. He said, I came in, like, this little fat kid from North Queensland. And, you know, they're all the Vic, they're all the Vic Met, you know, the Vic Met, like, the DJs. Um, Jock Perry, Tom Wilson, like all those, you know, the top dogs, Victoria, smack everyone by 40 at nationals. And I'm like the one like North Queensland kid. And we met him like the hallway and he remembers like mid camp. I got a neck cramp or something. My neck went, I had like a bung neck and I was just walking around. Like I couldn't, I could only walk around like this the whole time. Like my neck. So I, I go to Barry Barnes. He's like, go sit down. I sit down. And then Tom sees me, the manager brings me like Maccas and I'm walking in with like a big Mac through the, dining hall or something of, or through the hallway of thing and Tom saw me and spoke to me and he's just like my first impression of you is you eating a freaking Big Mac walking through the Oz camp which is ironic looking back now and um, like we've done done so much together and playing with him was just always special so hopefully one day he comes back to basketball but um, yeah playing with him and uh, Emma Nah, I love playing with Emma Nah too like I know he didn't play a lot this year but 
I mean, man, that dude's special. Like the way he passes the ball, um, as a teammate, like you can't fault him at all. Like he's going to be good wherever he is next year. And um, he's going to shock a lot of people. I know people saw what he did um, the last year when he got minutes, but he just looks after the ball and he finds out. Like having a guy like that, like so unselfish, um, he doesn't take bad shots, um, moves the ball, gets you when you're open. And, you know, he's gets 10 assists if he, if he needs to and zero turnovers. Like that's a special play with him. When you're big and you've got a guard that looks for you like that, like it's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, I just want to ask uh, one last question, then we'll get to some quick rapid-fire ones. Um, this is a bit of a, a niche question, but I've noticed uh, as, as an Australian basketball fan, a lot of these young kids go to America, they're there for a year, they come back, they lose the Australian accent. Now, obviously, you spent a couple of years in America. I want to know, like, did it ever creep in? Did you ever find yourself, you know, going, like, pass me the ball or coming back and, and saying American slang? Because you listen to Josh Giddy now, he's been there for two years and he, He's almost unrecognizable. You could chuck him in the middle of, uh, you know, the city and people would think he's American. So, yeah, what, what was it like for you? Yeah, I mean, obviously you got over there and I didn't ever lose my accent. I definitely had some, like, words where you – I'd use more of their words, you know, like y'all and all that sort of stuff. And I guess that gives you more of, like – because you've, you've never said it before. So I hear them say y'all, like, what are y'all doing? I'd be like, what are y'all doing today? Like, you sort of get those twangs. But um, I've never been – I don't know. I think it's pretty fake when dudes come back after a year or two and you got an accent. Like, it just seems to me, it's pretty cringe. Like, I sort of get secondhand embarrassment from it, to be honest. Like, some of these guys that come back and they're talking like Americans, it's just like, but for me, it was never a thing. Like, love my Aussie accent and obviously used it when I was over there. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's not, it's pretty funny how people come back like that. I completely agree. And thank you for saying that because I've been waiting for someone to say it is a little bit embarrassing. Like, just be proud of being Australian, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, Harry, you're obviously in NBA 1 now. You're playing with Hobart. You obviously played with Mackay Media's last season. Um, I just want to ask, you know, I don't know, obviously we all saw it. Um, did you get paid to wear those um, um, jailbreak McDonald's um, uniforms? Nah, it was for the, they do it every year up in Mackay. So a couple of years, like, I wasn't in, I wasn't in great shape then either. I was like 130 something kilos. So obviously the the Twitter, the Twitter trolls and the uh, the Perth fans who love me were, were quick onto that. So um, yeah, we didn't get paid, but it was, I think we sold them at auction after the game. And then I think mine sold for two grand or three grand or something. A couple of the other boys sold for four grand. So the local legends, but uh, it was a good charity and um and I probably should break out the, the the jerseys again, seeing that's the game I had 40. Definitely. I, I enjoyed it. So if they can bring it back, like even Hobart, tell Hobart, someone at Hobart just to bring, you know, a special jersey because I'd love to, you know, I'd love to see you in, you know, different different colour jersey because it, the NBL ones are fine, but that one, you know, just, it's just different. Yeah, it was cool. They do it each year. So the year before they did Ronald McDonald, then they did the Hamburglar. And I guess this year they'll probably do Rommet. They'll be running around like a purple Smurf thing. So... See what happens. Oh, I can't wait for that. But um, we, we'll, we'll wrap up the podcast here with our, what we do here at the Inner Sanctum. Anytime someone new joins, we give them a little quiz just to kind of get to know them. So we'll get the fans to know you. A little bit of Inner Sanctum style. So first off, starting off, um, your favourite sporting teams, uh, any any sport in the world, just list them off, rattle them off one by one. Uh, probably Collingwood, Magpies. Um. I don't really follow any other sports, to be honest. Maybe Cowboys, I guess. I don't really follow well either, but I don't really follow much international sport. But, yeah, probably Magpies. Dad's been a Magpies fan. Dad's from Collingwood, sort of followed him growing up, and then now my best mate plays for him, so get around him. Okay, fair enough. Um, your favourite TV show all time and currently? 
TV show. Uh, that's tough. I don't. I haven't really watched a lot of TV shows, but I like Suits. If you've seen that on Netflix, it's a pretty cool TV show. Um, the Office. That's uh, great. That's pretty good. Always classics. The classics. And right now, probably just Rick and Morty. Like always. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> uh, fantastic sort of, choices. But in saying that, probably not a TV show, but uh, Naruto as well. Watch all Naruto. Oh, yeah. Hey, but um, that's yeah, definitely up there. It's, you know, I grinded that. Me and uh, Tanner Krebs grinded that whole whole thing. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I, I can't knock them. They're pretty good. Um, now, this is a little bit of a niche question because Simpsons is quite a debated topic in the, in the Sanctum. Um, who, who is your favourite Simpsons character if you watched it as a kid? Probably Bart, to be honest. I'm, I'm probably most like Bart, you know, little, little rapper. Probably. So, Mine's think alike. Yeah, exactly. So, probably um, Bart. Definitely like Barney as well. He's, he's a pisser. <laughs> yeah, he fits in <laughs> all of the Australian one. culture, doesn't he? <laughs> um, and your go-to karaoke song? Oh, I can't sing. I don't know. Uh, you don't have to sing to do karaoke. If you were to sing, Harry, what would it be? Well, I've never really done karaoke, to be honest. Maybe like Macarena or something. I don't know. What... <laughs> <laughs> the song with the least amount of words. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. respect it. He could have picked tequila. It's one word. Yeah, he could have done that. Um, is there more doors or wheels in the world? Wheels, you'd have to say, for sure. Oh, okay. Damn it. No, it's doors gang, but that's all right. We're, we're firmly doors gang, yeah. Everyone says like like cupboards and all that sort of stuff Like, is a door, but for me a door is something you open and walk through or like a fridge door. Well, do you I'll consider? Be sure, I'll, I'll, Lego I'll be sure wheels? to take it to the sanctum if that if that's the case. Then let the sanctum people know. Put yeah. them in their place. Hey, like the cupboards and all that. That's that's a cupboard. It's not a door. Like if you but, don't consider cupboard doors, then you can't consider like Lego wheels, wheels in like you know like mechanical stuff like roller doors and stuff, right? Surely. Yeah. They're wheels that they, the car, the toy cars work. Like you can roll them. Yeah, but they're not ta- they're not transporting a person. Yeah, but they're still wheels. <laughs> So oh, getting, I love how we're getting <laughs> a debate with Harry Frawley. We're getting into a debate about wheels and doors with Harry. I love it. If you open the door on the toy car and open, then yes, that's a door. Okay. But, okay. Yeah. I, I think we'll leave it before this ends in a, a fist fight or something. Because um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not too far from the gong. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the final, final, <laughs> final uh, question, your favourite flavour of shapes? This is the most important one, Harry. Don't get it wrong. I'm, I'm a, mine changes, but it's between pizza and barbecue most of the time. <sighs> but yeah, love pizza. I also like chicken crimpies too. Chicken crimp, chicken crimp. Let's go! Yes. But they're, they're, yes. they're a bit too full on. They're like very salty. Like they, they hit you. So they've got to be, it's an acquired taste when you have a chicken crimpy. Whereas if I'm just going to like, you're just going to have a packet of shapes, like it's usually the uh, pizza or barbecue that you can just have all the time. Chicken crimpies are, you know, select for special occasions. You've recovered well. I'm happy you said crimpy because I was going to say, if if we didn't say crimpy, this podcast probably wouldn't, you know, this episode (laughs) wouldn't go out. So it's lucky you said crimpy. (laughs) You've recovered. You've recovered incredibly from going to team wheels. You've gone to team pizza, which is the elite pizza shapes. But we don't want to take up too much more of your time. You've been very generous with your time. Thank you so much for joining us, Harry. Really appreciate it, mate. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Sweet. And Thanks, Harry. Uh,
If you guys want to follow us on socials, we are on Instagram and Twitter at three in the key podcast. Thank you for listening so much.